Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for July 8th, 2018. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Russ Dean, co-pastor with Amy Jacks Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. His sermon today is entitled, Is God at Work in Everything? the ancient story, let us listen now for the word of the Lord, doesn't just mean in the sermon. I don't know about you, but I just heard it. We need to always be listening for the word of the Lord. The text that Amy read is, uh, there's a lot there. Uh, A lot more that I will not cover than I will cover. Someone asked uh, in our request for sermon topics this summer that we deal with Romans 8, 28. And the sermon will deal only with that one verse, but so much there that's relevant in this week when we have lost the leader of our uh, Environmental Protection Agency, a lot to ask about what it means that the creation is groaning in travail. And what is our responsibility for environmentalism? There's a lot there. There's this movement in this text that all things are moving. I don't know whether you sense that. I think that's what Paul is wanting us to do, to sense that all things are moving toward what God hopes for us, what God hopes for the created order and all in it. There's a lot there that I won't cover. Maybe you can deal with that in your own thinking. I'm not sure I believe anymore that love is going to win in the end. Well, that's what my friend said as we walked. We were marching towards some downtown landmark, expressing the concerns of our hearts with the steps of our feet, practicing democracy. I don't remember which protest it was. There have been too many recently. Sadly, this depressing word came to me from a fellow pastor whose business, like mine, is trafficking in truth, peddling peace, holding out hope. He's just not sure anymore he can believe justice will eventually triumph, that love will finally rule the world. When Amy and I flew to Edinburgh two weeks ago, we only paid for one international plan for our phones, and we put it on Amy's phone, which is newer and has more storage. We wanted to share our pilgrimage with you. We wanted to stay in touch, but since my phone was off the grid, it stayed zipped in my backpack, and wow, was that amazing. It was like putting all trouble in a Ziploc bag and just throwing it away. For 12 days, there was no mention of presidents and porn stars, No mention of collusion, no words fake news, there were no angry debates between divided partisans, no CNN or MSNBC or Fox News, except for one night when I tuned in to the BBC just out of curiosity for what the Europeans are hearing, I was immune to the unfolding of the homegrown humanitarian crisis of weeping mothers on our southern border and fearful children being shipped to frightening detention centers around the country. For almost two weeks, 
There was just peace and an incredible 70-degree Scottish sky. Wow. It was an amazing respite that I needed. But any contrived world that is free from all the bad news is not the real world, which came crashing down on me when we hit the tarmac in Dulles International Airport in Washington, and my phone just blew up. The weight of all the bad just came right back where I had left it two weeks ago. Yes, there is a lot of bad in the world, and more tension and confusion and anger in this country than I have ever been aware of in my 54 years of living. Is love going to win in the end? Today's requested sermon topic is that well-known and often maligned text from Paul's theological treatise to the ancient church in Rome. All things work together for good to those who love God. Really? N.T. Wright may be the most acclaimed New Testament scholar in the world. His office is in the 600-year-old University of St. Andrews, which Amy and I passed last Sunday, walking from our hotel, which was just off the 18th green of the famed golf course, walking from our hotel down to the beautiful ruins of the St. Andrews Cathedral. In his dense commentary on Paul's most theological writing, N.T. Wright addresses my skeptical friend whose pastoral insight should lead to a different conclusion about the world. Wright says the heart of Paul's argument is the unshakable and sovereign love of God and the certainty that this love will win out in the end. That confidence that love will win out in the end, however, and an evangelical fervor that often comes from bad Bible study can lead to a troubling interpretation of this text. All things work together for them that love God. Well, that's what the Bible says. So if you love God, God will love you, right? Don't worry about losing your job. Everything happens for a reason, right? But don't worry about your cancer. Miracles happen, right? Don't worry about global warming and thermonuclear war. God is still in control, right? The discussion of this one verse of scripture is about as complex as Bible study gets. I had to read N.T. Wright's commentary about three times, and I'm still trying to understand what he was saying about this passage. Without belaboring the scholarship, one point of contention of the text is, what exactly is the subject of the sentence? The King James Version which, by the way, the person who requested this sermon said, I hate the King James translation of this text. The King James translation says, all things work together for good to them that love God. The subject is all things. All things work together. The Revised Standard and other translations say, in everything, God works for good. The subject is God. Competing ancient manuscripts from which modern Bibles are translated attest to both interpretations. 
all things as the subject, God as the subject. If all things is the subject, one might be tempted to believe the world is cold and calloused, that we are completely on our own, battling every step of the way against an impersonal and capricious fate. Whatever happens, just happens. Good luck. Of course, if God is the subject, one might be tempted to equally bad conclusions that God is just as distant and uncontrollable as fate, that we are just peons in a divine game of chess, and our job is to pray as hard as we can that God might occasionally you know, reach down and pull the strings in our favor. I will not even pretend that I know exactly what St. Paul the fanatic Jew who became a follower of the way of Jesus in a dramatic conversion experience, I will not even pretend today that I know what he meant by his words. Is all things the subject? Is God the subject? Does it matter? What does matter? What does matter is how we think about God and how we talk about God, and how we create our theologies about God, from which flow our belief systems, our understandings of Jesus, our evaluation of human beings, our thoughts about the future of humanity and creation, it matters. So let me cut to the chase and just tell you how I understand this text. Now, to be sure, what Rustine thinks about this text, as if I'm some expert, is not what matters. But how we as individuals approach Scripture does matter. Because how we individually appropriate meaning from words is all that really can matter. What Paul was really thinking is not what matters. What matters is how we make truth real in our lives and how it changes our living and our loving. So my own translation is as follows. And we know that to the God lovers, God is the energy in all things, the energy working for good to the ones being called according to God's purpose. Now let me make a couple notes, and then I'll invite you to talk back to me about this following our worship. God lovers. N.T. Wright says Paul has coined a phrase here, those who love are God lovers. And for Paul, the question isn't whether God only works for those in the club, so to speak, only those who love God, only Christians, only the faithful. For Paul, God is sovereign. God is the one in whom we live and move and have our being, as he told the religious folk in religious Athens, like swimming in a swimming pool. We're in the midst of it. It's all around us. We're immersed in God. God is above all and through all and in all. We cannot escape God. This is what Paul told the church at Ephesus. So don't think elitism, we have some monopoly on God, think something more akin to Star Wars, may the force be with you.
theologians would shudder that I just used that uh, suggestion. <laughs> Did you hear the words to the hymn that we sang at first? Amy and I don't know that hymn. I don't know which of you suggested we sing that this, this summer. But the phrase, through change and chance, God guides us. God is in all things and through all things and above all things. We are swimming in God. There is at least a strong hint here that some of this just comes down to perspective. What God is, God is. And who really knows? God is ultimately mystery. The best we can do is try to use our language in ways appropriate to the experience we have had. To the God lovers, God is the energy in all things. From our perspective, this I believe. And what more can we say? The energy in all things. The Greek word usually translated works together is the word soon air God. You can hear the cognate of our word energy in that word. Soon means with. In air guy means energy. Soon air guy, with energy. My translation helps me to mesh an affirmation of science with belief. If God is the one, the thing, the it, the them, the source in which we live and move and have our being, we are bathed, as it were, in the source, in the love of God all the time. God is the energy above all and through all and in all. We are free. We are not automatons, not completely determined by our genetics, not pawns in some divine game, but the energy of God, which is all-powerful love, is the air we breathe. God always does everything God can do. In every moment, in every event, not causing things to happen, but working in everything that does happen, always doing everything possible, always working to bring about good, because God, who is love, is the source of all that is good. To the ones being called according to God's purpose. Again, don't think selective elitism. God only blesses the faithful. Remember that Jesus said God causes the sun to shine on the righteous and on the unrighteous. You need to think about that a long time. God causes the sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. And Paul, in this same letter to the Romans, warned his fellow Jewish converts of any arrogant claim to self-righteousness. He says that those who have the law, that is those outside of the Jewish Christian understanding, those who have no law, excuse me, those who have no law, who yet keep the law, have become a law unto themselves. In other words, folks, and I know these are dangerous words, but they come from the Bible. As important as church is, 
You don't have to go to church to do what God approves. As beautiful and fulfilling and true as the Christian life is, it is not the only way to love God. Christians and Muslims and Jews and secularists who keep the commandments as Jesus said are the ones who are doing the will of God. And we know to the God lovers, God is the energy in all things, the energy working for good to the ones being called according to God's purpose. We believe, we believe, not because any doctrine makes us righteous. We believe not because God's love is conditional. If we love God, God will love us. We love not in order to manipulate God into working on our behalf, pulling the strings for us. God is already always doing all that God can do. We believe because believing helps us to see. Because believing puts us in touch with a spirit that is alive in this world. Because believing that the universe is bathed in a source of goodness we call God frames our lives in fundamental humility and basic gratitude and genuine compassion for one another. And we believe because trusting that love will win in the end does not mean casting our hope on some kind of pie-in-the-sky religious fantasy. It means deciding day after day after day, despite all the chaos around us, that praying for love as we work for love is the only way to give life any ultimate meaning. God is the energy at work in all things bringing about good. May it be so in you and me today. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.